Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of I Will Save You From The Future. We are rounding out our first year as a podcast with two back-to-back special episodes. This first one is what I hope to be our first annual Xmas Movie Club. I have my guest from the very first episode, Whitney, back on the show. And we're going to be breaking down the technology in one of her all-time favourite kids' movies, Smart House. Apologies in advance, there's a little bit of an issue with some of the audio in this episode. We tried our best, but there were technical issues. You don't have to have watched the movie Smart House to enjoy this episode, but it probably will help. So if you can get some buddies together and watch it, and then listen to this episode, I recommend that. Welcome back to a very special episode of I Will Save You From The Future. We decided to change things up this week. Um, You remember, if you've been with us for a while, in the very first episode, my guest was Whitney Gallagher. Hi! I've got her back on the show. Hey, Whitney, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing very, very well. Um, Back on the very first episode of I Will Save You From The Future, we talked about home automation, and you were shocked. You were shocked that me, a poor little British boy... (laughs) I've never seen Disney Channel original movie Smart House. It's a huge sin if you haven't. You haven't grown up if you didn't watch that as you, a kid. Do you know how many fucking original like Disney Channel movies there are? There was only like 10 really good ones and that was it. That's all you needed. I mean, you could have done with the uh-huh, whole, like, but they don't 30. You know you realize they don't get syndicated like anywhere else. That's your fault. You live in the wrong country and that's whatever. Sorry. Okay. So like, I mean, I think it's okay that I hadn't seen it. No. Yeah, so um, we trailed this in the last episode. Uh, if you wanted to get on board with this special episode, you should go and watch Smart House, the 1999 original Disney Channel movie. Which everyone about has already. A, You're um, the only one that hasn't, so it's okay. Everyone will Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, I mean, oh, that was wasted. That PSA was wasted on you because you've already seen it, and I'm the only one who hasn't. So, and you can remember because it's burned into your mind because it's one of your favorite films. It's so, so great. it was a waste of breath on my part to even ask you to do that because, of course, you have it on your shelf and you watch it every week. But if you did watch it, if you did order a, if you did legally watch it, let me point out, legally. I rented it out on Amazon. Watch it. So. If you paid for it or you streamed it legally, then you are also legally allowed to enjoy this episode of UC, where we will be discussing the movie. We're going to go through the movie um, and we've both made notes and uh, I particularly want to talk about the technology uh, that appears throughout the movie uh, and uh, discuss it in terms of uh, how realistic it is, you know, like whether it is feasible or not now in the right. in I'm the talk 2017 about the the year. baggage that the kid had and his mom. So, <laughs> oh, that's a big part of my notes, also. Also, um, but I, w- I want to get into the, the technology um, because this is a 1999 movie. Uh, it is a work of speculative fiction and it attempts to, to invent a smart, te- technologically enhanced home that uh, doesn't exist, didn't exist in 1999. And, and I think 
I think in some ways their vision of the future is quite realistic and in other ways it isn't. Okay, so um, we're going to be talking through the movie Smart House. Um, it is a 1999 movie, as I've said. It was directed by LeVar Burton. I don't know who that is. Of all people, it was directed by Geordie LaForge. What did he do? The chief engineer of the Starship Enterprise under Captain Picard. Oh, so in other words, the genius. He was also, he also did that, um, he did that reading rainbow. Yeah, again, thing. the genius. Again, we didn't get that. We didn't get that in the UK. Did you watch Reading Rainbow? Uh, yeah. When I was a kid. Did you? No, I've said that already. I didn't. But I hear it was quite good. There were jokes about it in community and stuff. And he did that big Kickstarter a couple of years ago and made loads and loads of money for some private company. You know, it took me until you said Reading Rainbow to realize who you were talking about. Yeah, no, I, re I picked up on that. Yeah, because you're not a big Star Trek. No, um, not at all fan you're not a you're not what we call a tracker i'm not a what a tracker uh, no god that sounds like a slur <laughs> well in some circles <laughs> yeah in the, at those stargate conventions it's a it's a, the most heinous thing you can call a man please don't ever call me that again <laughs> so this movie has a star-studded cast we got kevin kilner who's yeah which is great um, we have Katie Seagal, who I think is best known as Futurama. the voice of Leela. Oh, yeah, the, the voice of Leela in Futurama. She's also the matriarch in Sons of Anarchy. The son in the family that we will uh, be talking about, uh, Ben, is played by Ryan Merriman, who is now, I was just on IMDb, is now really attractive. <laughs> like, he's hot. <laughs> He got hot. He was always hot. That Disney money. Listen, uh, when he got older, he was doing more Disney movies, and he just kept getting hotter and hotter. So I'm not shocked. Yeah, man. He's extremely hot right now. You know, when you're a Disney kid and you stay in, you know, you stay in the compound, they treat you. They buy, they buy you a new face every few years. Oh. It's one of the perks. Uh, That's why when they leave the, you know, when they fly the coop and they decide to have their own careers, they start looking a little less hot. Oh. Because they can't get that new Disney face every every six months. Like Miley Cyrus? Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got a, a young actress called Katie Volding playing Angie, who is the little sister. Oh, she's a uh, And Jessica Steen, the wonderful Jessica Steen, uh, um, playing Sarah Barnes. Sarah the, Barnes, right. Yes. Sarah Barnes, the genius inventor of the, of the smart house, who at first I thought was just a realtor. No. Why would you think I that? I thought maybe she was just... She's an estate That's agent. Sexist. They did point out several times in the script that she's very smart and that she invented it. Yeah. So that's, that's how cool. women are very smart and they invent things hell yeah and of all the things that are wrong with this movie um that's not one of them wait what's wrong with the movie i'm all for it there's nothing wrong with the movie what are you talking about sweet okay so we open on this like pitch perfect morning on a on a suburban american street right nothing wrong mm -hmm. um the newspaper boy is very bad at his job right and the house yeah, is like he's real bad threatening the kid kind of yeah so yeah with the we're first introduced to pat um the smart house as she has a little um claw she has a little back and forth with the with the bad paper boy he throws it into the wet grass and she she tells him off for that and then a, a big mechanical arm um 
projects from the side of the house, um, picks up the newspaper and then like uh, retracts back inside. Yeah, it's great. The robot arm Mm -hmm. actually like kind of feasible, like, you know. It's pretty feasible. Right. Like, given the given technology. And it's also like a giant hole for people to secretly get in. Yes, which will also become very important later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the I got no problem with the with the arm grabber thing. Like mechanical arms, robot arms in factories the world over, they you know, pick things up, they deploy things, they to twist stuff, they can pick stuff up. We don't really have them like articulated like they that. They're like a really good back scratcher. Yeah, we don't really have them like articulated in that way like a snake with full 360 motion but it's only a matter of time so i think like they get a pass on this the movie gets a uh you know a green tick from me yeah on that technology then we are we are introduced to sarah barnes the best uh, do you like sarah barnes is, is she a, a character that you enjoy i do like sarah yeah so we have this long scene with sarah barnes who is the creator of the smart house and um, Pat, and this other guy who I believe is her publicist? Yeah, no, yes, wait. Yeah, at one point he is referred to as her publicist, I believe. Right. Um, but he tends to just kind of sit around, and um, I think he helps out a little bit with the tech stuff at the end. Barely. It's all about Sarah. She knows what's up. Yeah, she's great. And she makes it very clear that she is a hardworking career lady who has no time for love. Exactly. Okay. That's how us women are. She's very busy. She's very uh, goal-oriented. Are you, like, really invested in her? I liked this this character development. I like the way that they established this character so very um, clearly for us, so that we understand going forward. I think you had a crush on her. Yeah, because this is a love story. <laughs> like, first and foremost, this is a love story. And we'll get into it. Kind of. It's a love story with a with a supremely great villain. I think one of the best one of the best screen villains I've seen in in years. Who wants to come between love? You know, he wants to divide love. She doesn't want to divide love. She just wants to be a mom. I'm not talking about the house. Oh. No, I think Ben is the bad guy. But we'll get oh. to it. Mm, yeah, now you're character. seeing it. Now All you're right. seeing it. Whatever. Um, Let's talk about the chips in the wall. <laughs> the what? The, oh yes. Yeah. The chips. You mean when she's she just like had like she peeled off the wall, and there was like chips inside. Yeah, she's beeping, booping on some computer screens and stuff in the wall, and then she just like peels this this layer of paper back over it, and it's closed. Yeah. Like, like nothing. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. That shot was fantastic. Yeah. It was just like yeah. all the other shots in the entire movie yeah we get this real we're treated <laughs> to this really really um great scene that just establishes how the how the building operates how the uh, aforementioned the titular the eponymous smart house operates it has all this machinery and all these gizmos inside all of the walls presumably all every single wall yes is full of chips and wires i think so most of them probably the ones that the ones that are walls they are and then some of the walls they turn into uh green screens sometimes oh yeah that's my favorite i love that i want yeah. that to happen yeah in my house mm-hmm yeah, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So the next scene, right? She's like, Sarah's talking to Pat a lot. Do you want to talk about Pat? And Pat just seems like a Siri to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she like does all this like voice recognition stuff, right? Yeah, with, like, with Pat. Pat doesn't she? And then like she has a little, just like Siri does. Yeah, I love it. 
the we explore some of the basic ways that pat uh, operates most of most of it revolves around voice recognition which we know is a thing like we use it and you you made the comparison already to siri it's pretty good yep like i got no qualms with the way that voice recognition is represented in this movie right it's like it seems fine to me yeah so then the we're introduced to the family to the yes. the i think the coopers the coopers is that yeah oh i love that name yeah what a great name yeah and we see we meet uh ben cooper who is the son yes and we meet angie his little sister um and ben is kind of running the house he's like cooking breakfast and like making packed lunches he's and cleaning up replacing his own mom yeah right off the bat bad dad bad dad like lousy dad and the right and the dad is just constantly thinking about women yeah the they have a little conversation when the dad comes home at one point angie says angie is really excited that the idea that her dad would go is gonna go find a mom, to a thing find a new mom and yeah she says so we can have a new mom <laughs> which is like wow you're laying it on a bit thick her mom died when she was like tiny there's nothing wrong with it nothing inherently wrong with it just maybe have some tact she doesn't know any better she's you know? like eight well yeah and maybe if he was a better dad Ooh. which we're learning he isn't ouch he would have taught Listen, her some you tact being a better single dad okay well maybe i will <laughs> We also find out in these early scenes with the with the Cooper family that Ben talks to himself a lot, which I find quite worrying. And I think I right from the that. start was a big red flag for me. Oh my god. How did I not notice that? Like he talks to himself a lot. He talks to himself when he's doing stuff in the in the kitchen. He talks to himself when he's playing basketball. He like narrates it like he like he's being spectated. Wow. You know? I think that's just a Disney it's worrying. thing though. Because that happens with like a lot of the characters and that's that just became a normal. Well it's a bad movie why thing. Most Americans talk to themselves quite often oh so you're saying that when you just you're just like you get back from the store and you you open you're opening you're like unpacking all your groceries you're like mm, apples and flour exactly what do you th how else are we supposed to get things done and motivate ourselves to get to the next stage of life silently and stoically like a british citizen <laughs> That's not going to happen. That's not how the movies taught us. You suffer in silence like a good little egg. <laughs> Thanks for this. Bang. So Ben talks to himself. That was red flag one. Already I do not trust him. You have trust issues. No, I don't think so. I think I have um, reading people good issues. Hmm. Well, I mean, he's... Because, like, what does he do in the rest of... Not, like, what does he do of, of any that is any good in the rest of this fucking movie uh he finds love i think i clocked him straight away no uh no yeah he finds a girl and he has best friends and he finds out he no he... no he gets he gets a fancy house and he impresses a very simple-minded teenage girl that was the love of his life that is not the same as finding love that is being a 13-year-old boy with a fancy house and throwing a cool house party. <laughs> That's how life is, Bing. Do you have anything else to add about the, the Cooper family before we move on? I love the family. I think, I think okay. you're corrupt. You love them. You, you <laughs> think they're all golden and, and perfect and beautiful. Well, I mean, the dad could have, like, eased it down on the getting ladies thing, but... He just wants to get laid. Yeah. He just wants to meet people. He doesn't want to be alone. 
That's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, but to be like that blunt about it in front of his kids, like I don't want any of my parents telling me how much they want to have somebody else. I also like to think that if I did have a kid, if I did have like a teenage son, if I'd raised him well, he wouldn't hate my penis. Like if I do a if I do a good job raising my son, I like to think that he wouldn't fucking hate my penis so much. Mm, I don't think that's how you should think about it. You know, get a friend. No, Go it, talk ben, to your friends about not getting laid. Ben clearly hates his dad's penis, hates his dad's happiness, and doesn't want him to ever have sex. Uh, well, or meet women. Do you, do you want to know about your parents having He's the sex? enemy of love. That you want? Ben is the enemy of love. You did not answer my question. I guess I I guess I wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. So but I would up. want them to have it. Mm. I want them to be happy. See, I feel like... Ben, My mom never died, so I don't know. Ben just doesn't want to know it all. So if since his dad keeps being so vocal about it, he's like, well, if you're going to keep talking about it, I'm going to say no. That's where it starts, but it gets a lot more overt as the movie goes on. Yeah. Okay. Maybe in this first instance, he's like, oh, dad, I don't want to hear about it. Mm, I don't want to like, la, 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 talk to the hand. But like later on, he's just like legit. He's just legit like, no, I don't want you to have a girlfriend. No. <laughs> I hate this. And he's a real dick about it. We learn in the later, in the next few minutes that um, there is a competition running uh, on the internet where you can send an electronic mail to uh, participate in said competition to uh, be a, have a chance to win the house. Yes. That is, that is the MacGuffin of the show, of the movie. That's the plot of the film. They're doing this competition, and um, he is entering using the internet. Ding, ding, another technology that turns up in this in this movie, and uh, got no problems with this as well. It's the internet, yeah. and it it looks it looks super janky in nineties, but like there are in, you can do that with the internet. Mm-hmm. I think we Correct. have to give him another pass. That's three for three. Oh my god. Like this is a this so far is a, is a sound work of speculative science fiction. Wow. <laughs> I'm giving him little ticks as I go on the technology. Ben has been entering this competition a lot. He's been doing it the like maximum number of times you can do a day. And he's using up, he's costing his dad a fortune because it's the 90s and the internet is expensive. Oh, yeah. And back in the we day also, like, we, uh, if you use Yeah, the man, this is expensive. The... And we're also reminded, we are reminded that this is a time in our history where you can't be on the phone as well as use the internet. I know, that was so crazy to me. I was like, oh my God. There's a little conversation with the dad at one point just before the kids are going to bed where he says, hey, I want to make some phone calls. Or like, people might be trying to call me. Right, but also... But you're on the internet, so they can't. Where, um, where, the pe- where when he won the house, they were trying to call him and the line was busy because he slept on his yeah. computer and left the because he was still on the running. internet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just pointing out just another one in favor of, of my my f- feelings towards Ben. That's the, not Ben's fault. He fell asleep. The bad guy. Okay. No, 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 no. Just before that, when he's talking to his dad, and his dad is like, hey, people might be trying to call me. And Ben, in maybe maybe the most serial killery line he delivers, says that uh who would who would he need to talk to all the people he needs to be with are right here (laughs) under this roof 
Just stay with us, Daddy. Stay with us, Father. We are. Sorry, my chair. Oh my God. We're all you need, Daddy. Stay with us forever. That sounds like something you would say. I'm just saying, red flag. Your red flag. So we find out that he's entered this thing and then he's fallen asleep in front of his computer and he doesn't get the call. Um, uh, but we have all figured out, obviously, because it's a Disney movie and it's only 80 minutes long, that uh, they have won the competition. Um, so he goes to school the next day and everyone's like real excited to see him. Congrats, dude. And he's like congratulating him and high-fiving him and stuff and he doesn't know he hasn't figured it out until the newspaper it's stressful because newspapers were a yeah. thing back then this is um not before the school bully has made an entrance oh that kid reminded me a lot of you what <laughs> no <laughs> uh, how and in what way <laughs> I, I mostly the haircut what <laughs> He has so much forehead. <laughs> but like, I have a lot of forehead, but it goes up. His goes, his goes forward towards the other people in the room. His eyes have built-in shades. Don't be jealous, all right? That he doesn't look, I'm looking at him. That kid got like I'm looking at him right done. now. He looks absolutely <laughs> nothing like me. Uh. I'm beginning to wonder whether you've even met me. What? Have you even met me in the real world? Uh, it's been a while. This guy, we, uh, this is very important because this establishes the, um, the school bully who, yeah. um, as far as I'm concerned, is, is actually vague. a force for good in this movie because enemy, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend and all that. <laughs> okay. Did you notice that anytime the bullies are on screen, the two, the bully and his sidekick, there we're treated to a like a little electric guitar lick. Oh yeah! Oh my god! How do I not notice? This it goes thing? like, wow, wow. like the score. Other than that, he's so is, lucky that is he very has calm. like an intro to himself. Yeah, he's got his own little like guitarist following him around. It's fucking great. Wow. I want that. So we learn that he has won the competition and they are going to uh, go and check out the house. He convinces his dad to, you know, please let us check out the house. Just, you know, see if you like it. And they get to look around the house with right. with Sarah. With Sarah Barnes. The lovely Sarah Barnes. This the beautiful is genius. probably one of my favorite parts because she introduces them to um, this, like, device where you put your finger in and it, like, bites you. It takes, like, a piece of your Yes. Skin and blood and tells you your uh -huh. entire medical history and like what color your eyes are and your hair and like if you've broken any bones i was blown away so this is where we start i think running into a few issues with the technology side of things sarah barnes takes them in the house and introduces them to the hand scanner which will kind of like link you with the home like you know make it make you its master yeah and the little girl they're like they let angie the youngest and most fragile of them go first <laughs> of course naturally yeah she puts her hand on the scanner and that's fine like i think hand scanners they've been around for decades you know being able to kind of photograph it uh, to a decent level of detail right. a series of fingerprints that's fine she also gets a little pinprick uh on her finger which we'd learn after a couple of minutes has taken a, a sample of her skin and blood for DNA analysis. Yeah. 
And from this, Pat deduces, yeah, all of that information you just said. The 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 fact that she's, however old she is, however tall she is, that she's never broken any bones, the color of her eyes and stuff like that. We can do some of this, right? And soon in the future, we can do all. Depending on how you do it, we can do quite a lot of this already. It's just that it doesn't, it's not like one process, right? So, like, her height and weight and the way that she, and her like color of her eyes and stuff you could just get that from looking at her if we're assuming that this house can like see and like recognize faces and details and patterns and stuff oh. which we are so it cheated like the house knows who is there and what they look like so like it would get that from that not necessarily from the dna yeah but it still like freaked them out you know yeah medical history that's a tough one medical history is a tough one because Unless they are tied into your medical history or some kind of public record about you, um, some of this information just can't be learned from DNA, no matter DNA analysis, no matter how fast you can do it, you know, like broken bones and stuff. There's no DNA marker that, that gets changed, right. right, when you break a bone. You would have to be tied into a person's medical history, which is possible and does happen and is more and more becoming quite common um look at uh like the health app on your iphone you know you can you can tie your apple devices into your like basic medical history and actually have that information kind of added to so in uh, other words you're saying that this scene is completely accurate because the guy is a genius and predicted the future I'm saying, that this is going to happen anyways. I'm saying it's possible, but it would be done in far different ways, given Perfect. the way that it, it gets the technology is moving. Do it. Checkmark. Like, they would have had to already... They would have had to already be synced with the house, and they... Like, for the medical history, I think, is the most problematic part, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like a privacy issue. This is a half one. This is a half pass. No, you can't have check. This is a half pass. Total check mark. Okay, well, if in 20 years in the future, you can just put your hand on this thing and it knows your entire medical history, we fucking failed. <laughs> we have fucking failed, Whitney, because that means that your medical history is just like freely accessible by every every fucking corporate enterprise out there. I guess that's fine. No. I don't have a problem with that. Why would I have a problem with that? Because you live in America and you have to pay for health insurance. So they get a tour of the house. Uh we get introduced to a bunch of different technological things, you know, aspects to Pat in this in this scene because it's like a montage of, you know, all the cool stuff that it can do. Look what she can do. We learn that it has a lot of machine learning and like pattern recognition, which is, you know, I'm not going to take any issue with that because we talked about it even in the first episode and, you know, AI, narrow AI in these, you know, realms is getting better and better and better. And it makes absolute sense that they would be able to, you know, the house would be able to recognize your face and understand your voice and learn and grow and understand your patterns and they they mentioned several times and in take this, a bite out of your skin yeah they they understand many they <laughs> and they mentioned several times in this movie that it like learns your routines and stuff that's all pattern recognition stuff and that's all like absolutely a-okay with me yeah they visit the green screen room they say this is the living room but it's for any any kind of living that you want any kind of living that you can imagine. Oh, yeah. I just got excited to see the part yeah, again where, like, 
they had the the beach and like suddenly there's wind out of nowhere and apparently they can smell it too yeah it's basically like a shit holodeck it's just you know the two two sides of a soundstage become a green screen the best part of the whole house the thing is as we will see illustrated later in the movie um it kind of the illusion ends there it can make like wind effects like a 4d cinema experience and it can you know change the lighting and it can show other places on the walls but you can't like go into it you can't you know do anything with that's it that's not true they have um, that scene where there. with the whole you can play video games on it and you can uh like yeah you can play video games on it but it's just a screen but there is one scene where he's like there it's like a golfing green yeah and he like actually hits a golf ball and all it does is it hits the wall and it bounces around the room i think that was a virtual ball maybe what but it still hit the wall and then bounced around if it was a virtual ball why wouldn't it like disappear inside the screen i don't know maybe he hit it wrong but it definitely was virtual i can accept that he hit it wrong because he's ben and i hate him (laughs) that's fair but yeah um on the grounds that this room really does absolutely nothing remarkable whatsoever i'm giving it a pass because we can do unremarkable things with walls today in the present day then there are a couple of really 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 good ones oh man there are a couple of really, really good ones. The atmospheric kitchen sensors. What do you mean? Wait. Do you remember this bit? I think it's Ben that, that undergoes it. He says something out loud about, they're talking about food. Oh, yeah. Talking about what they want to eat or something. And he says something out loud. Oh, no, no, it's not Ben. It's Angie. Yeah. And Pat uh, knows what she has eaten based on, like, analyzing their breath. What? D- did you fall asleep during this bit? What are you talking? Her, his breath? Yeah, yeah. They say something, and uh, Pat's like, "Ooh, looks like you've been having too much sugar." Oh, um, and yeah. then I was trying to figure out how. Then Sarah explains that it's like an atmospheric sensor thing that's like a breathalyzer, which are in two very different things that you are conflating. Um, that has like taken a sample of the air coming out of your mouth and determined what you are eating wow yeah (laughs) we are introduced to the atmospheric kitchen sensors which are very questionable yeah i don't know about that first off because like like a breathalyzer works which is what sarah references in the in the scene which you didn't watch i did watch um, shut up it requires to, it requires being really 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 up close and personal with the person's mouth yeah no like component of the house is up in their mouths in this scene the idea that they could get an accurate reading from like such a dispersed like breath of air in an entire room is uh imagine what she could determine through a fart so ben's sitting there eating some cheetos and he lets one off and pat uses her like atmospheric fart sensors then maybe he should lay off the cheesy snacks it's really good that she maybe he's had a few too many Well, it's a logical, it's a logical step forward, isn't it? If you can, if you can measure someone's breath, you can measure a fart. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, it's more accurate, You're collecting right? a slightly different it's, it's kind of data. Stronger. It might be more accurate. Exactly. Just like, uh, 
Yeah, determine whether it's going to be a healthy poop. So, I mean, I'm excited. Well, yeah, so I'm very excited to see that in the event, in the inevitable Smart House 2. <laughs> Is there a sequel to this movie? We can make one. Do you want to play Ben? No. No. <laughs> I want to play a character I like and identify with. Oh, so the bully. Yeah. Because <laughs> he hates Ben. Mm-hmm. That one gets a cross from me. That one gets a, a big fat X from me because I just don't think that would... Um, that would be possible, you know. Mm. Hey, okay, I've given this I've given this movie so far, I've given this movie six and a half passes on its technology. I think it's doing pretty well as a work of science fiction, and I'm allowed to I'm allowed to take issue with this one thing. Fine. Alright, that that's fair. I think you're wrong. Okay. But you know, that's fine. Now that said, let me take issue with the next thing. Don't tell me it's the floor observers. Yes. No, I love the floor observers. They're so cool. The floor absorbers. We've seen all of this stuff. And possibly the feature that gets the family the most jazzed is the floor absorbers. Uh, Angie spills her uh, delicious, delicious smoothie on the ground. She's always drinking... uh, They're all drinking smoothies. Always drinking smoothies, this girl. She has one sip of this delicious smoothie and then she drops the entire thing on the ground. And Pat's like, they all rush to, to clean it up. Um, and Pat is like, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry. I can absorb, I can slurp it up. I can, I drink it up, she says. Um, and it like miraculously gets like vanished into the ground. Don't, don't misquote people. No, she, she sits opposite, she sits opposite Angie at the table in the bowling alley in the basement and she says i drink your milkshake i drink it up like that and it's gone and then she beats angie to death with a bowling pin i mean i i believed it with the liquids like that's where i was like okay i could see that happening the floor absorbs the smoothie um and it goes somewhere it goes where into we don't the know deep deep into the sewers into the sewers into uh, some kind of septic tank maybe some kind of I waste disposal system we never there, get this but this is never fully explained it's freaking scary if she can just suck something into the floor there have been a lot of advancements in like smart materials and like materials that um can like shrink and grow and have porous like areas and can absorb liquid or can like you know membranes that can let certain things through while keeping others inside you know that kind of thing like that's cool we can do that shit but so i was inclined to be okay with this floor absorber thing right until later in the movie oh when the whole like dump everything on the floor and i'll suck it up yes that also kind of upset me i'll admit that that was a little a little much yeah there is a scene later on in the movie after they have had a crazy house party where they pat encourages them to throw all of the rubbish all of the trash from the party all of the party ephemera onto the ground and she'll deal with it this is cups streamers chips bowls cushions at one point was it you know like really (laughs) i didn't realize that the cushions they throw cushions on the ground as well they're like pe- people's items of clothing they've left behind, presumably condoms, okay. um, Jack Daniels uh, bottles. <laughs> this is a 12-year-old, bir- not birthday party, 12-year-old oh, party. 
No. All these like bottles of Southern Comfort. Oh my god. And like leftover baggies and needles and stuff. No, they just like swipe no. them all on the ground. No, that's not what happened. They, for they just who hasn't watched throw it. them all on the ground. Nope. And then we are treated to this incredible shot. This incredible couple of shots from like low vanishes. down on the ground of it like. Of it, like, shaking and getting a little bit lower, like, the ground is, like, grinding it down. Like, the carpet is just kind of slurping it oh my God. into hell. It was intense. And then it's gone. Okay, so it's one thing to have, a, like, a changeable membrane that can suck up a liquid. It's an entirely different thing to crush glass and plastic and fabric <laughs> and liquid and, the and food. And, and the glass from the Jack Daniels. And their third sibling that isn't in the movie very much. <laughs> like, they all get crunched down through the carpet. And they're gone. Where have they gone? How is it storing this? That's is it green? Is it being well, recycled? First of all, like, it was very, um, what's the word? Selective what she took in. Because she didn't eat up the sofa like the whole floor was getting absorbed and yeah like, so it's also really like clever it's really like selective in that way as well like parts of the floor can be turned off and on you know oh my god i've never seen anything like it and that's the only time i ever want to see that i'm just i i'm saying i'm saying the floor absorbers at first i was kind of on board with but i have to say nah mate nah no because what if it like sucks up an animal like your dog yeah see exactly exactly what if that happens i'll agree that's too much what if they're like what if they had cats and now they don't i mean that's okay <laughs> you don't like cats, i don't like do cats well i don't like your dog so you don't know my dog so we get a bunch of scenes of them enjoying the house we see the uh, we see angie dancing to bewitched uh, which know, really dates the I movie I hear you because you hear the song before you see the video on the wall in her room. And I was writing Spice Girls, which makes me a very bad Spice Girls fan. Oh my god, yeah, what It the makes hell? me a very bad Spice Girls fan. Terrible. Um, and then I crossed that out oh, because no. I saw that it was bewitched on the wall. He made a Spice Girls reference. Yeah, and then Ben comes in and proves that he doesn't know the difference either, either so I'm okay. <laughs> I told you, you're secretly Ben. He calls her, like, stupid spice or something. Annoying spice. Yeah, annoying spice. Real, real quality, high-grade yes. uh, comedy work there <laughs> from Ben. I think it's this scene, or it might be the next one, where he he has this, like, massive go at Angie and just, like, lays it all out on the table about his, like crazy Oedipal martyr complex. He, like, has a massive go at her, like, no, like, I don't want another mother because, I, like, I'm working so hard, I'm killing myself to, to feed this family, like, you, like, you realize I love basketball, but I don't join the basketball team because I'm looking after you and dad, I do this all for you. <laughs> he has this whole fucking, this whole exhausting spiel. Hey. That kid's going through a lot, all right? God, I hate Ben. Have you ever seen your mom die? Oh. It's a lot. Did he? I don't think he saw it happen. I wish they discussed how she died, because that would have been great. Like, what if he yeah. died? What if she died in his arms? And what if she was like, tell your father to never sleep with anyone else? Like, what if it's all her? What if it was never him? Okay, well, then I would like to have seen that. I would like to have seen that maybe in a flashback or, like, maybe a whole other, like, spin-off movie that's, like, a kind of got very... It's like Dunkirk has, like, very little dialogue and it's all very tense. So, yeah, that happens. I hate Ben. He sucks. Um, we were introduced to, briefly, to 
um ben's teenage love interest this uh random chick just terrible just terrible young girl so my friend told me that like i should tell you that like we want to go over to your house but i was like no you tell him but then she was like why don't you tell him so now here i am yeah, that's not how to ask to come over. That was the most dreadful That's scene. how to be a fucking dingus. If there's anyone to hate in that movie, yeah. it would be that girl. So, they're perfect for each other, really, in a way, aren't they? Because I hate Ben, and I don't want him to be happy, so... <laughs> we get this brief scene somewhere with, um, at some point, I think it's the next morning, that Angie is, like, picking out an outfit. She doesn't know... She's, like, hasn't laid out her clothes for the next day. Oh, don't... And, wait, you're skipping um, the most important part the personalized oh what's the most important part clock oh yeah yeah so they get they get woken up the next morning their first night that they've stayed in the house with personalized alarm clocks they get woken up at it's like half six or something it's it's no it's like six it's not even like 6 30 it's like straight up six o'clock because the dad mentioned it's not and he's like oh god Mm. like why this early and she has her suggestion that you know it's better to wake up at this time because it causes less stress which is good that's good advice it's good advice but the house is not there to necessarily well i guess it's to make their lives better but like not many people like waking up at 6 a.m and that doesn't always make people's lives better yeah sometimes makes it worse yeah and i think you've touched on a on a bit of a a plot hole here because the house is generally not prescriptive in its treatment of them until he russian hacks it to be different and more like a mum. so for the for pat to actually like try and modify their behavior is very unlike her in this scene and actually i think is a, a glaring mistake in this otherwise flawless movie yeah that kind of weirded me out although i did like that she personalized everyone's um alarm clocks yeah so the boy gets the basketball because he likes basketball basketball, and then the kid gets the disney world because she likes you know she's a kid and archive footage archive footage of disneyland is is cheap for them oh oh, well i also presume presumably it's like it's a bit of product placement and it's also free for them to use yeah yeah but also uh the father gets the the freaking farm or whatever he's like he like wakes up in a in a swamp or something no, not in a swamp, in a farm, because there's, yeah. like, a rooster, and he asks yeah. why. And she says, because I, I read your mind, and I know that I found out that you love cocks. Ye- uh, <laughs> not like that. I forget exactly how she determines that, but it, she figures out that he... You like to be woken up, and you, you find the... Uh, open... She says you find... Um, the countryside or like rural right, settings right. um calming yeah yeah um so yeah there's that and that's absolutely fine i think we've like we've got technology that can do that kind of thing nowadays pretty much you, like. you might have to put in a bit of it may, it doesn't necessarily know what you like you would have to pick it but um customizing an alarm clock based on your sleeping patterns to wake you up at, a, at an opportune time uh picking like a sound um or a visual or or a light color based on your behaviors during the day and what it logs you know that's not that's not so you think it's possible that's not possible to me really yeah 
I mean, like, it's not right, right at reading your brain. It's like, I got the impression that she was, like, snooping through their emails and keeping track of things they'd said or, like, talked about or whatever. Uh. I just, I, I guess I was filling in the blanks. The thing that doesn't work whatsoever is the uh, suggestion a minute later that the computer has picked out an outfit for Angie, a perfect outfit for Angie, based on her based on biorhythm analysis. Yeah, that was weird too. <laughs> this is exactly what so, like, you would have picked out last night. This is yeah, this is exactly what you're thinking about, you're like feeling right now. This is an outfit that just screams you right now because I've been monitoring your like pulse and theta waves and whatever and I've determined that you're in a pink mood. <laughs> That's kind of That's, bullshit. Uh... And it's bullshit yeah. for a slightly different reason. Like you can read this kind of stuff, like we explored in the um, in the episode about um, mind controlled interfaces. You can record like basic stuff with a like a EEG or whatever. Um, but making the leap from that to an entire outfit to like saying, "Hey, this is the kind of outfit you want to wear," no, people change no, their no. minds because that information is incredibly vague. I think we're like halfway through. We are. I think we're like kind of this is this is beginning the kind of the descent into ultimate madness. Um and the second half of the movie gets gets extremely violent and visceral. Um so yeah, we're going to take a break quickly here and when we come back we're going to discuss the the second half of of this terrifying terrifying movie. Yeah. talking about the 1999 original Disney Channel movie Smart House starring Kevin Kilner and Katie Segal directed by LeVar Burton and my guest is Whitney from the band Darius and also from Vine and YouTube yeah woo yeah that's you um and it's your fault that I watched this movie it's not what it's a it's an interesting watch um and it gets real dark as we're gonna get into this second half is Ooh, it's a doozy. Like, we thought it was all going to be fun and games. Just a nice, smiley, family-friendly comedy on the Disney Channel. Another another beautiful, another beautiful utopian view of paradise from the mouse house. But you see, we were wrong. Like all the other Disney movies, they're not... They're actually kind of twisted in some sense. And it's good. Mm, they're good. Yeah. You um, just watch them in the wrong time. Um... The whole family get attacked by oranges. What? The whole family get attacked with oranges. Uh, oranges. At the... Right. Oh, okay. Can I just ask, where yeah. in the world does this house get all its food? This is exactly my problem with this scene, okay? If you're assuming that maybe under the building... There are these, like, stores of food and ingredients and, like, cold storage and, like, hot, maybe a whole basement full of, like, these automated supply systems full of refrigerated goods and stuff. They still need to be supplied. They still need to be, like, replenished, right? By someone or something. 
That was a lot of oranges. There's, yeah, there's no way in hell the designer of this house, Sarah Barnes, thought that any family at any given time would need 150 oranges. Oranges? You don't need that much in stock. Well, what if you do to make, like, homemade fresh orange juice? Orange juice, like, But that, that would have shown like up on five. your, like, DNA scan or something. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe, like, when it stole some of uh, Angie's uh, DNA, maybe it detected in that scan that she is, uh, as she gets older, she's going to be prone to bouts of, like, making preserves. <laughs> what? She's, like, genetically wired from birth to be one of those... One of those people that just just spends the whole weekend therapeutically boiling up sugar and, and fruit and turning it into preserves. Yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's the that's, only explanation. Yep. She wants an orange and banana smoothie. Bad combo to begin with. Yeah, that's um, weird. And that. yeah, and the juicer component kind of raises out of the kitchen island and it jams and it kind of makes some glitching noises and some foam and, and like smoke starts coming out of it and then just oranges like whole oranges just start like <laughs> flying out of it in every direction and um they all the you know the family take duck and cover and they get behind furniture and stuff and we get all we're treated to all these shots of of oranges hitting things hitting surfaces and exploding my question is why why are they coming out so fast like, what fucking pneumatic cannon-ass <laughs> machinery is inside this food dispenser? It doesn't... The the explanation of why it's, like... But when, when my microwave glitches, it doesn't become a catapult. It's just a broken microwave. But it can explode. It's just, and like, that's the... the what, that's probably what it did. It was exploding, and it just had all the oranges in there because it was trying to make a okay. smoothie. This scene is is incredibly weird and kind of remains unexplained even when Sarah is called in to kind of fix the situation. It, it you know, she just it shows just, up in the yeah. control room and that's it. She's in the control room, which we have uh we see for the first time in this in this scene, I think. And at one point Ben walks past sul you know, sulky as always. And she asks whether, you know, she asks genuinely whether he wants to come in and have a look. It's real cool, you know. Come and take an mm -hmm. interest. You fucking you fucking turd. And he doesn't. <laughs> uh, he doesn't want because he doesn't want to be around a woman because he hates his dad's penis. <laughs> so he continues to be a Dilbert about this whole situation, and he he goes off. And then he, I guess, having seen the control room, having um, noticed that it exists, he concocts this plan. Right. This very very clever plan of his, where he. Uh, makes Pat learn how to be a mom. He concocts this plan. He gets up in the middle of the night, in the in the dead of night, um, and stealthily makes his way to the control room and takes a power drill, which is unstealthy, to the uh, like number pad next to the door. And we don't see what he does to it after that, after he takes the panel off, but he makes his way in. He gets into the room. We also He's don't understand kid. how he knows anything about the way this machine works or anything about computer coding um but he does well he knows that pat is always learning yeah but he doesn't know like he declined to look at this stuff like i feel like we found another plot hole here because if he had if he had actually taken an interest if he had feigned interest when sarah offered him 
and you know to enter the control room he could have seen he could have watched her doing stuff and learned how to do it but what he didn't he so like he just like spying on her but he wasn't he just like doesn't want to go in and then he doesn't go in and then he leaves so it makes no sense that he knows how it all works what if he was there and she didn't know and then finally when she pointed it out that's when we saw the scene happen so it's like a director's cut again Mm, yeah no it's i'm waiting i am waiting for the blu-ray release to confirm or deny all of this yeah first he turns off the safety protocols which as we've learned uh, at least i've learned from star trek and which lavar burton should fucking know from star trek because it happened to him enough times that you shouldn't turn the safety protocols off because then moriarty gets loose off the holodeck and he takes over the ship oh yeah you just don't you don't turn off the safety protocols and then he like ramps up the maternal instinct stuff by um tuning into mom channel what i can only describe as this oedipal nightmare channel that for some reason in the middle of the night runs back-to-back tv shows where the main character is a mother or the show is about mums in some way. I love it. And I believe, unless I misheard it, I believe at one point that this trailer that is playing on this horrible late night satellite channel um, refers to this content as momedy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Agree. So, like... Ben is really, really showing us where his headspace is at in this scene. Um, The fact alone that he knows this channel exists and knows its programming. He was trying to learn himself, you know. He clearly watches this on his in his spare time. This wasn't just research for this for this heist. It was. It's a part of his life that he tunes into this this late night stuff. This this momedy content. He watches this this top-tier momedy content several nights a week. Oh, Ben. And so he uses this to, ha- to rush and hack Pat and turn her, uh, he hopes, into the perfect mom so that, once, so that, again, his father can never have sex. <laughs> his father, who is maybe the real hero... No! ...will never be able to have sex with a, la- with a human woman is Ben's hope for the future yeah yeah and it works kind of it does oh it's so great the breakfast was amazing she gets like a chocolate chip muffin in her lunch that sounds great i want a mom computer yeah but she's full of contradictions because she like lectures them about their health and then gives them a chocolate muffin She's like well you gotta have sweets sometimes yeah there's a a, another few you know short scenes of her being weird and like being kind of possessive and kind of um you know like not great at being a being a parent figure I'm going to jump ahead a little bit um, to the scene where um, the party Pat scene? then invades. After after us being told, and I think this is the safety protocols thing, this is the safety features, I'm going to be generous and say this is because the safety features have been turned off. Because after uh, Sarah explicitly tells the characters, assures the characters in a scene um, around the dinner table that pat can't like invade their privacy oh yeah um pat goes ahead and invades ben's privacy in a real in a real big way 
in a really huge, really, really terrifying way. Yeah, and he, well, even just, like, watching him, uh, there's this lovely heartfelt scene where he's watching um, archive footage of his his dead mum. Oh, yeah. On the screen. And Pat is watching him watch that and getting real tight close up on his face and watching him cry and kind of getting off on it. And Katie Seagal does this um, really, really um, disconcerting line reading where she's like, "Mm, yes, I taste your tears, my boy, my son. What? Yeah, she, you know, she's like, "Mm." No, don't worry. Ah, yes. Repeat that. That was very disturbing. Drip, drip those, drip those salty tears into my floor absorbers. Mm. So I can taste them. <laughs> the floor absorbers. Mm. He, she also, um, around the same time, uh, hugely invades the privacy of the dad as well, as he's having a conversation with Sarah Barnes, who at this point he's like getting kind of intimate with and getting kind of close with. Um, and he's, he, he kind of opens up that he wishes Ben had more fun. Lots of privacy being invaded here. And the house starts to hatch a plan of her own to get Ben to have some fun. Yeah. The right appropriate amount of fun. On the same night that the dad is going to go out with, on his first date with Sarah, which is cute as hell, They, uh, the house is going to throw a, I guess, her party? A, a pat party. A house party. A, a smart party. house party. I like that. Yeah. Like a... Like a pap smear. She decides to throw a big old kegger at the Cooper household and invite all of Ben's school friends and also some people he doesn't like. Sounds good. And also some people who don't have names because they're just extras. They're hanging out, and this is where the video games on the wall comes in. Um, the kids are hanging out on, a, on I think, a Saturday night, and they're alone, and they're playing like a kind of space-looking 3D Lila Wars kind of game on the wall. Which it's is pretty cool. It's like, uh, like a cooler version of Asteroids. Yeah, yeah. They're playing like a badass space shooter. And uh, Angie is winning because Angie's great at everything we're discovering. Apart from holding smoothies. <laughs> how do you know that she's... Oh, yeah. He says that she's... Uh, sorry, I was like, how do you know she's winning? I forgot. Mm, she wins. She That's does. That's how I know. And then they say that she, she, she wins and then they say that she wins. And then they talk about Ben again. And you get off on it because you hate Ben. Yeah. um, Ben sucks. And then then, um, the doorbell goes. And who is it but Ben's two friends whose names I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They never even talk about their names. And they come in. They come in uh, through the front door. One of them is holding an email that he has printed out. (laughs) Oh, my God. He has printed out. An email uh, uh, supposedly sent to him from Ben, which is an invite to this this party. What if it was a fax? I mean, it's explicitly stated that it's an electronic mail message. Oh, Oh, that just makes me down. I don't think fax makes. I don't think fax gets any time in this movie. Why not? Any time to shine. No, that would have been good. I mean, you know me. My whole office, my home office runs on fax. Does it? It's a it's a hyperfax zone. Please tell me it doesn't. I'm. Please tell me. I'm a big lying. fan of fax. I fax every day. Fax oh, my friends. You need a smart home. I've subscribed to this this cool mailing list called Fax Facts. 
Oh my god. Every day I get a fax with a different fact on it. <laughs> oh. I don't even know how fax machines work. <laughs> I don't even know how they work. Does it sound like the internet? Does it? Is it like a series of beeps and boops that go down the phone yeah, line and then it prints like that di- out? Like, like dial-up. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I never used it. You, have you ever I've seen I've never a sent or received machine? a fax. Are you serious? I'm I've gonna seen do, one. I'm going to show you how to do one. I've I'll, never I'll done you, it. Don't worry. Jesus. Okay, so yeah, he's got this fax that he's printed out that he got from from Ben, but actually secretly from Pat, uh, inviting him and everyone else um, to this party. Um, And then uh, the party starts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they start doing the song, Slam, Dunk the Funk. Yeah, they do do some dances. Um, It's very very strangely organized. Like, it's it's strangely organized for a a bunch of teenagers. Did you see how they they Um, turned on the music and they all just started, like, they're like, we know the dance, we got this. Yeah, they just, like, they needed to kill a couple of minutes so that him and his two friends, like, turn on, I think it's, is it Five or Backstreet Boys or, you know, one of them? I think it's Backstreet Boys. It's one of those boy bands and they turn on the television wall and they dance, they do the whole fucking routine for a couple of minutes just to kill some time. Angie is acting as bouncer, which I found adorable. She and she actually turns little, some kids like, away. Um, oh my god, it was amazing. Like she's so tiny and so small and they don't even try to like threaten her and be like, "No, I'm still No, they're just and they're like, like Oh man! Yeah. And just walk have you ever away. have you ever even tried to go to a party, guys? Like you don't say no, and you don't just give up on the first <laughs> try. But they're like, oh, I guess we're not on the list. Bye. That hey, they're they're like twelve and thirteen. Like I'm pretty sure they didn't know any better. Yeah. That's first. Um, and then the experience. school bully turns up. Uh, apparently, he is on the list. Um, yeah. And Pat makes it very clear that uh, they're on the list for for a reason. Yeah. An ominous. An ominous and bloody reason. Oh my god. Now, and I have this question. I have a question about American culture. Okay, shoot. Um, meanwhile, we, we see, we cut away to the date that is in progress between Kevin Kilner, Nick the father, oh, Nick and, Sarah. and um, Sarah, the genius inventor of the smart house, who is soon poised to be a billionaire at this oh, point, yeah. because it's all going so incredibly well. Um, they are they, they they come out of this fancy-looking restaurant, and they're talking about where to get dessert, and she says, um, oh, anywhere you like, as long as I can get something chocolate. And then he he's like, what about... Oh, pulls out a kiss. Hey, feast your eyes on one of these, and gets out of his pocket a little Hershey's kiss, one of the little yeah. silver-wrapped, like, bell-shaped choc- chocolates that you guys have. That was so um, sweet. Now, is this is is this common dating practice? Is what I want to know. Is this a, a an American thing? What, pulling out a kiss, like the mistletoe at Christmas. Yeah, like the mistletoe at Christmas is like. Do you go on a date carrying these little these no, little um, definitely not kind of bitter chocolates? I I've been on just enough in, in case you need to like. I've never had that happen to me. Ever in my life. You mean you don't carry around a pocket full of Hershey's Kisses just in case you need to, like, initiate... I mean, I, w- like, I will awkwardly now. ...initiate some mouth kissing. Uh, should I? You tell me. Is this something I should be doing? Well, 
Well, no, I'm asking you as an American citizen because this is an American movie and you've already talked talk, talk so much about how, how these things kind of affect <laughs> you guys' behavior. <laughs> listen, well, listen, I think we kind of got past that stage. Like, we, there was a moment, but I was yeah. too young to even kiss a boy. Like, I thought they had cooties at that point. So I didn't have to experience that. And now that's, like, no longer mm. a thing that's cool to do because it's way too cheesy. So it's faded. So it's definitely, you think like, that probably happened. So you think that you think that at some point there was a time where this was very common, and oh, maybe it yeah. was in the late nineties. Because it's it's a kiss, and it's hilarious. It was maybe expected of you. It's not. It was maybe expected well, of a man on a date. Actually, oh my god, Bing to carry. Wait a second, I have had that happen to me once, but I didn't kiss the boy. No way. Yeah. You I didn't, didn't kiss, kiss him. him. No, I didn't kiss him. But you gave him. He gave you a kiss. So? He gave you a Hershey's kiss. That's the. I didn't want to give. That is the American back. sign. That is how you initiate mouth kissing. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. I was not about that. He like he gave me a kiss and then I gave him the wrapper. <laughs> you like, destroyed Thanks. it then. I think. I think you ended it. It was I a tradition. Did. And everyone before you, everyone before you had accepted the Hershey's and had kissed the date. I ruined it. And you broke the chain. I broke the chain. You were the combo breaker. And now it doesn't... That's totally fine. Now it's no longer a thing. The national pastime, the beautiful sport, (laughs) is gone because of you. Do you think it would come back? You'll have to find out. Okay. All right. I'm going to start packing around Hershey kisses. If an, if anyone gets okay. a Hershey kiss from me, you know what you have to do. So there's more organized teen dancing. Um, oh, it's so good. And they got like a whole little line going on. And then Pat then Pat um, just straight up murders the school bully. <laughs> Pat, okay, so the school bully's there and he like is trying to butt in on the dance at one point with the young with the young girl. He stands up for himself and she stands up for him, which is a very nice, very um, heartwarming little moment. And then uh, Pat, like, isolates the bully, like, singles him out with a spotlight and talks some trash about him. And then uh, one of those metal arms, which we haven't at this point seen since the very beginning of the movie with the newspaper boy, um, extends from the wall and comes towards him, like, closed with its, like, pincers closed and just, like, busts right through his sternum. And back out the uh, out of what? the back of him, out through his spine, like skewering him on this metal shaft, this I... robotic metal shaft, and kind of lifts him up, like oh, yeah. penetrating the through the whole of his torso like, at this point. Or like she gets these holograms and tries to like freak him out. Oh yeah, yeah, like projecting all kinds of terrifying imagery. There's skulls flying around. Yeah, he's like he is like impaled on this arm on this robotic arm and he's like being held up and like a meter off the ground and it's kind of like ripping into him and you can hear these like crunches these like his Mm -hmm. ribs crunching and stuff and these organs like gushing out of the side of him and shaking Mm -hmm. him around and making it worse and it kind of like he carries him out onto the lawn um still like impaled on him like his spine at this point his spine is entirely his spine's entirely severed at this point. His legs are just dangling and it drops him like it just like rips back out of him and drops him there on the lawn. And he's just like, he's dead. He's dead before he hits the ground. But then his sidekick revives him with the true love's kiss. 
true. Yeah. That scene was like really, really graphic out of nowhere. Mm, is it that graphic though? What did you, did you watch the TV cut? Yeah. Yeah, I did. But you know. Did you not have the, the DVD version that has the uncensored edition? With the spine and the legs. No, not that. No. Don't worry. I'll watch that next though. Oh shit. So what happened in your one? Just, he just got, you know, kicked out. Just kind of pushed out if anything. Just. Lately. He didn't have any holes in his torso or like blood anywhere. If he did, that shirt did did not do it justice. Like it held in all of his intestines. Wow. Because it was not visible. Yeah. I guess that makes this scene kind of different for you because from your point of view, <laughs> like him and the the uh, his bully sidekick are just kind of scared and they run away and all the kids are like they are like happy and then they go back in and keep partying. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. And the kids aren't freaked out at all that this happened. It, yeah, in the version I watched, the all the kids were out on the out on the lawn and they like spit on his corpse. <laughs> And then they, like, go back inside. They go back inside and they dance. Um, only this time they're, like, chanting, like, the bully is dead, the bully is dead. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I really wish I saw your version. I guess in the main, like, in the main arc of the movie, it doesn't make much difference. You know, it doesn't make much no, much difference to the canon. They we still can, go back and like, party. Uh, like, they're done with the bully and that's yeah, it. Yeah, they go, they go back in and party and the rest of the story happens. I guess it doesn't really matter. And I assumed in my version, like, off camera, that the, like, the lawn opened up and, like, if he went down into the same place, that all, he goes, he goes down into the same place as all the stuff that gets absorbed by the carpet. Not only do we have floor absorbers because, inside, we have lawn absorbers yeah. too. Yeah, but, yeah, because then the party ends, right? And everyone goes home because it's like almost half ten. And they're like freaking out, like we said earlier. They're freaking out about all the trash. And then there's this scene where the so floor... All the kids get... The, <laughs> the floor absorbs all of the like bottles and, and glasses and, and plastic cups and bottles and, and needles and stuff but from in, the ground. In, in the um, and then in my version, there was like this... <laughs> In my version, there was this one shot, this like one two second shot of his body out in the lawn getting abs also absorbed. Oh, the, oh, I thought like, you know, as the kid rushed out, all the kids also got sucked into the lawn. <laughs> well, if they made a misstep, maybe. <laughs> they didn't keep to the path. No. Yeah, maybe they go down to the, <laughs> go down to the same places. <laughs> they go down to bully heaven, which oh is God. just a big, like big metal cess pool full of Cheetos and red cups. <laughs> Everything's red down there. The cups, the blood. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's called Pat's Party Punch. <laughs> I really want you to do Smart House 2 and I need you to write all of this down. <laughs> so this reign of terror gets even worse right from this point. Oh, um, when the um, because there's like the dad comes back he's upset he has a go at them whatever that's fine they well, don't there's what, no real consequence this is what to pisses the me off. whole party thing the only thing that gives it away is the girl's sweater that's on the plant yeah it's like you could have just said like i had a friend over i'm sorry and she left her coat on the plant yeah it not even like the coat could have belonged to the girl to the to little yeah Angie. i see a i see a 
cardigan on a plant. I'm pissed off that you're bending the leaves of my plant. I'm not, I don't immediately think, oh, my kid's at a party. Oh my God. I don't understand how immediately he's like, mm, I see what happened here. Uh, so he also grills Pat and says like, don't, you know, don't be like that. Don't let my kids do stupid things. That's reckless well, like, you but need to buckle bad, down bad house or, or something like that yeah bad house and she's like no but i just want to be a good mom for them uh which is creepy as hell yeah and then the reign of terror gets even worse right there's a i think there's a quick scene where he's working the next day and he wants to call sarah oh yeah the, the house won't let him and and electrifies the doorknobs yeah yeah there's this creepy scene with um ben one of the only actually scenes that i quite liked because ben gets hurt um <laughs> where he wants to go out to like play basketball and she's like pull your shorts up which to be fair you know if you want to play a sport so yeah he finally he get he goes to he's like no ma'am I'm not going to pull off my shorts and um, goes to open the door and uh, it zaps him and he tries again. He tries like three or four times like a lab mouse who isn't getting it. Um, and then he finally pulls him up and he, he can go. Um, and actually, I will say in defense of Ryan Merriman, the bit of uh, performance where he he like doesn't trust the door. Right. And he like kind of he kind of taps it because he thinks it might still be electrified and then he goes through that is the single best performance he gives in the whole movie <laughs> that's a great moment Aww. now i'm a little disappointed with sarah because she doesn't like him she doesn't notice when she's going over all the systems she's like everything's working fine wouldn't you notice that someone tampered with the system. No, no, no. She mentioned, like, confl conflicting interests. I remember that part about how, like... Um, yeah, something about that. Maybe, but the one of the first things she said in that, says in that scene is, like, that it's, like, everything seems to be okay. No, it isn't. Like, there's a whole bunch of things turned on and off that are changed since last time you were here. They're in the control room, and she doesn't notice that, that it got Russian hacked by Ben. You would think that she would notice that something well, was changed. Barely, it barely got hacked. Well, yeah, I guess he is a kid. So then they decide to turn her off for the night and just give her a, you know. Oh, you yeah. Know, classic uh, tech support, turn it on and off again. And then it has a system shutdown overdrive. Or override, overdrive, override. Yeah. Okay. So they, yeah, they, they decide to go without for a night. And Ben, um, Ben sees... Ben sees his dad and her and Sarah being all cutesy in the kitchen and is like, gross, and goes to his room. Um, yep, yeah, yeah, accurate. And then, and then this, is, this is the moment where it really starts kicking up a notch, right? This is the moment we've been waiting for this whole fucking movie because what does Pat do? Uh, goes crazy and creates a, her own virtual self. Yeah, man. She turns, she creates a projection, a 3D projection of herself, Katie Seagal, finally in the flesh, dressed as like a kind of 50s maid. Love it. As this like idealized mom turns up and is like, hey, we could take her down together, you and I. <laughs> Maybe if we partner up. Oh, yeah. It is like that, like, because the first, she first appears in Ben's room, right? And 
she it goes from like computer voice to like real woman voice it does um and she's like so see i this is why when you mentioned ben being the evil villain i'm like no pat is pat's only acting like this because ben tampered with her systems though yeah pat, but that was you know not on purpose pat is not a general ai pat is not is not self-aware pat's only following instructions okay she's a series of algorithms and and rules and and pattern recognition software she's not uh, like a sentient being she doesn't know what she's doing if anything she's kind of a victim she's ben's victim oh she uh takes control of the house she lowers the blast doors oh my god and sarah is not there sarah is on the outside because she um, she's out. gone home because ben was being a dick no no she got pushed out by that claw oh yeah no that was it sorry yeah uh yeah sarah gets <clears throat> sarah gets poked out um <laughs> I guess in the same way that the bully was in your in your version. Yeah. Um, and she's pushed outside of the house and then the last of the blast doors uh, come down. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're kind of trapped inside the house. Um, and again, another little plot hole because... So do you remember? We didn't, we didn't mention it um, at the beginning, but uh, Sarah has this pet called uh, um, Butler. This yes. pet rat. The little rat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rat butler. Um, which is hilarious. It's a hilarious joke. And um, I don't get it. And um, in the beginning of the movie, there was a little like cartoony uh, mouse hole in in one of the um, yeah in the house walls, and the rat butler was running around. And I guess she just didn't like ever remove that or fill it in. Why would she? Because it's a hole in the wall. It, well, she knew that it was gonna be her house. She knew that whoever, like you know, was gonna move in, that she'd move in with them. Oh, you're saying so? She knew from the start that she would, she would fall in love with whoever, whatever handsome man. Exactly. She sends Rat Butler in through this mouse hole, undetected by Pat, to deliver a message, and then to uh, Ben, and then Ben uses his laptop, which for whatever reason can still access the internet, <laughs> even though it's not connected to any like uh phone line oh yeah um and also even in spite of pat being able to like block communication in or out of the house except for in the bathroom that's the only time that she can't see you oh yeah yeah okay that scene Sarah makes a little bit more sense in the now beginning when um yeah 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 the invade the privacy thing mm -hmm. is that she's not allowed she can't watch you when you're in the bathroom yeah but he still wouldn't be able to send an email he gets on aol and he chats with um sarah who is outside the building and he chats with her and she's like hold on i got a plan and she waits till the morning and guess who's back paper boy oh yeah that's Six whatever in the morning. Yeah, the paper boy is the fucking key to this whole thing. <laughs> the paper boy is around. the key. It's it comes back in full circle. Full circle. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> uh, so she finds this one this one gap in Pat's defenses. Um, that door that we mentioned right at the beginning, that hole where the claw comes from mm -hmm. to pick up the newspaper in the morning. And she waits until it comes out to grab the newspaper and she runs. And the only stunt man in the entire movie does a running leap through this hole in the wall and into the house. Yes. It was really well timed. She could have lost a leg. She's made it in, um, which only further enrages Pat. 
Um, and it all kind of comes to her head. She tries to go to the control room. Katie Seagal is there. Um, Katie Seagal gets really big. Yes. Yeah, and then they're in the living space. All the family and Sarah are in there. And Katie Seagal gets real big again and starts spinning. Starts just, like, whirling her arms in the air, round and round, and spinning on the spot. And turns into, a like, a kind of tornado. Right. Yeah, she becomes this, like, big living... Uh, storm and the screen behind her is showing like hurricane footage and um <laughs> and the wind she probably has fans over and she starts just adding to it just adding to this like cacophony of of weird imagery she starts singing the lullaby that baby. she had heard right yeah she starts singing the lullaby that she had heard Ben's mother singing in the old home movies. Sick! It's terrifying. The end kind of just, it kind of just deflates. Um, ben steps forward and and kind of tries to confront her and You'll never be my mom! Yeah, she shrinks down to normal size again and he makes this like strange argument about how like, hey, like, look what these guys did when you started becoming a tornado. They, like, covered us to protect us. You can't do that because you can't touch people. And then she tries touching him and goes right through. Yeah, and she, like, yeah, she, like, phases through his hand trying to touch his cheek. And she kind of kind of just, like, it all comes crumbling down for her. She should have used her claw to touch him. And she, like, ascends into the cloud. Yeah. She's like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and kind of just fades away into the cloud and transcends to another plane. Yeah. It kind of just suddenly is over. Um, and all it took was pointing out that she can't touch people. But she can. She used her claw. How did she not figure that out? Yeah, no, she comes back again. She just, like, pops back into existence and is like, oh, wait, I forgot I have these big metal arms. <laughs> and then, like, starts stroking his face with the metal with the metal claw and, like, like, shredding his ch- cheek skin. Exactly. Just, like, it's bleeding. She's like, do you feel my love now? Um, so, yeah, it kind of all wraps up and they're, like, kind of a nice, happy nuclear family and time passes. And it ends on this kind of creepy, terrifying freeze frame of her, like, they're, they're having a nice breakfast and they've cooked it themselves. And, oh, it's got, it's got chocolate chips chocolate in chip. it. Who put the chocolate chips in it? Was it you? And then he, like, looks at the screen and Katie Seagal is there and it's terrifying. And he's like, winky, winky face, it was me. And it freezes on her. Yep. So, like, she's still there. She's still, she still cares. And she's still, like... She's still hanging around and helping him out, but she's no longer a terrifying, terrifying dragon tornado lady. I would have moved out immediately. So that is the whole of the 1999 Disney Channel original movie, Smart House. Tune in for next week when we cover all the other Disney movies. There's already a podcast that does that, and we are not doing that. What? I think I might die. You're talking about... Yes, there is. I'll link you to it. But for the time being, I don't think they've done Smart House. And for the time being, we are, we hold the market on Boom. detailed, completely detailed, thorough, accurate recaps of the 1999 movie Smart House. Mm-hmm. The bully dies. The butler um, dies. Ben dies. And I'm... Everyone dies. You know, I'm... I'm actually pretty impressed. Like, I went into this thinking that the, the technology would be a lot way way off you know 
Right. I thought the technology would be way more wrong than it actually was. But as I was watching it, really, like, everything kind of added up. Like, some of it was implemented in unusual ways or unrealistic ways. And some, uh, like, the green screen was really hard to watch because I think it was edited. (laughs) Like, it was, it was, the post was done on tape to save money or whatever. So it's really ugly. But, like, the newspaper, the grabby arms, you know, they're okay. Um, The voice recognition, that works. They represented the internet in a fairly accurate way. Uh, the hand scanner worked. The DNA ala- analysis, I kind of had problems with. The machine learning, pattern recognition stuff, that all, like, made sense. And especially, is kind of impressive for for the late 90s, because this, like, narrow AI like this really only started taking off in the last kind of decade. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And don't forget the floor absorbers. The floor absorbers? No. Although they made <laughs> for um funny, fun viewing. The biorhythm analysis, I kind of take issue with that. But, you know, there's other, you know, all the other technologies. We got, we saw video chat, which we didn't really mention. And oh, yeah. kind of semi-VR gaming before VR was a thing. The projection. The 3D hologram projection of Katie Segal doesn't really make sense. Um, because as I've doable. discussed on previous episodes, volumetric uh, projection like that needs like a surface or a substance in the air in order to like currently in order to um be oh, free I was thinking like that. So more just, like, of like the yeah. screen like the fully full wall uh screen of the full wall that's fine watch. we can make a wall of screens i know exactly that's fine i love it we can't yet do fully 3d uh and free roaming holograms um and for the foreseeable future they're kind of impossible without some kind of substance in the air or like surface to project them onto did we learn anything i learned that um i need to start giving out chocolate hershey kisses and that ben is not evil he's not Mm. no Mm. you're wrong so it's the it's the real main takeaway from this is nothing to do with the technology. It is um, more like dating advice. Oh, it is. I guess you're right. Which brings me back to my initial point. This is a movie about love. It's a movie about love in which in which Ben is the bad guy, the hater of love, the enemy of sex. <laughs> in the end, physical contact, right? In the very final moments of the of the climax, is it not physical contact that saves the day? Oh yeah, she begrudgingly. Him. He's all like, yeah, begrudgingly is Ben. Wow, like erstwhile hater hater of sex, <laughs> begrudgingly defends physical intimacy in order to save his family. I'm learning so much today. This is a movie about love and sex. The importance of sex and love and kissing. Ah, there was kissing. It's a good movie. And if you want to save yourself from the future, like Ben finally did with his family, you have to give in to your carnal pleasures or your father's carnal pleasures. (laughs) You have to to allow your father to get laid once in a while (laughs) in order to save yourself from a terrifying automated future. Uh, It's the power of sex, Whitney. Okay. The power of sex. Sex and kisses saves you from computer death. Mm, I don't... Is that okay? Kisses will, will save you from the future.
So my only piece of advice for you this week, do listeners, do it, fellow fellow human beings, go outside and kiss people. Aww. Go outside and get yourself kissed. Oh, that's so with consent. sweet. Carrie Hershey kisses. With, with consent, I would like to stress. Don't just randomly run out into the street and kiss people. But if you bring the the Hershey's... They have to give you a little chocolate pellet first. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. They have to accept your chocolate pellet. But that's it. That's my only... That's, I think, my only real takeaway from this is, like, touch and love each other. That love can defeat technology? In this instance, yes. Cool. I guess that's it. Um, Whitney, um, for people who don't know, where can, where, can they find, where can people find you on the internet? I am Wittified anywhere and everywhere. W-I-T-I-F-I-E-D. So... Twitter, Instagram. So that's Twitter and Instagram and, and YouTube. Snapchat? No, not Snapchat. YouTube. Witter, okay, Wittified on most of those things. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, uh, our thank second you time. for coming on the show. <laughs> I do most times. I do uh, come on most episodes. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear. <laughs> okay. Um... Thank you for listening, everyone, and until next time, don't go in any buildings that have blast doors. What? Just as a rule. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye.